Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Bruchot Abaot, I should say. Bruchot Abaot. Here, if you could pass these around. Today, we are learning the whole week, Baruch Hashem. We have been, I guess, the, we could start with the whole month again. Yeah. Um, so the whole month has been sponsored by Shachar and Alex Avram for the Refuah Shlema of David Pinchas ben Mindel Sara. And this week has been sponsored in honor of, uh, by, by Chaya and Toby, in honor of uh, Benjamin Nachum's third birthday. It's options and by Rabbi Shimon tomorrow. Uh, and then anonymously, in honor of our community's holy Gabbai on his birthday. And today specifically, this year is in memory of Carmen Lichtenstein. Yeah? Lichtenstein. 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 Maybe originally Lichtenstein. Okay, Lichtenstein. <laughs> and that's Tova's grandmother on her first Yorzeit. Yud Bez Tevis. Yeah. That's today. Yeah, please, please, please. You please. would really appreciate this. She had dementia for the last, like, 15 or so years of her life. And the one thing she, like, ha- like really, like, didn't recognize, like, her children, grandchildren, like, pictures of my grandfather... But the one she thinks she remembered was music. I don't know if you've ever heard this. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. like, someone would start a song from, like, you know, her childhood, her youth, and she would be able to sing the whole song. Wow. That's, in, that's incredible. Yeah. So, recently, I just, Nahon, I just heard something very similar recently about someone, who was it? Someone that stopped, someone from the Shoah, someone that went through the Holocaust and, and stopped singing everything that, yeah, they sang. They stopped every nigun that they ever sang that they knew as a kid before the war, and then when they started suffering from this, so they started singing the nigunim pre right, right until the war. Mm-hmm. That's, My, how, that's how you uh, work with Alzheimer's patients before. Yeah. Because their sense of of of, of, of music it's not present. not right. Yeah, it's, not, it's amazing. So. You should feel connected to her forever. My grandmother as well. I was in uh, the last Shabbos I ever spent with my father's mother in, in, in uh, Buenos Aires. It was in, about two years before she passed away. And my grandmother's in Nitzalat Shoah, like I've mentioned many times. And she started singing that last Friday night, the song that my father never even... She was a, Again, she was on her way out probably. And she started singing a nigun that uh, my father didn't know, but I knew because they, it's, it's the way they taught us shachris in, in, like in elementary school in Israel. It was one of the nigunim that we used to... Uh, also, if, apparently in Camp Moshava and in uh, Morashah, they sing... Or Moshava, I think. Anyone this one? My father's bawling. <laughs> I'm trying to hold it back. My uncle's there, Al Vashon. It was such an emotional moment. The nigun, it's still the nigun that was what was kept from before. Okay, so we're gonna learn we're gonna learn a very, very beautiful, beautiful and important piece from Rebsadak and Parashad Vaichi. Now we're saying goodbye. I can't believe how fast this happens every year. We're saying goodbye to Sefer Bereshit. <laughs> so it's... Loma speak. Yivshay. We have to do a new... I mean, this is going to sound very non-from. We have to do a new Takana where we spend more time, you know, maybe to divide the Parshas, like every week half of a Parsha in Bereshit. And, but uh, these Parshiot are... How, do, how does anyone have enough time to cover what they want to cover regarding every single Parsha? Well, when it comes to Parsha Ben it starts off in a very, very bizarre way. It starts off in a way that everyone speaks about, and that's the Inyan of Satum, Parsha Stuma. Did you speak about it this week, Parsha Stuma? No. So it's funny, when you want to tell someone that they're an idiot, in modern Hebrew, you say them, Buena atas Satum, right? <laughs> that means you're clogged, you're, you're uh, <laughs> right? Literally, you're clogged, you're closed, you're not open, there's nothing going in you. You're just, you know, a, you're, you're an Evan, you're a rock, there's nothing going in you. But this parsha, the parsha Vayechi, begins off as a parsha stuma. What does that mean, a parsha stuma? It just happened right now in the Aliyah LaTorah. It takes time for the Baal Korah to find the beginning of the parsha, which is never happens because usually, the beginning of each parsha is its own column. There's definitely there's always a space. Here, parsha Vayechi picks up in the middle of a whole bunch of psukim. You can't even find it. Sometimes it takes time until you find it 
in the actual klaf, in the Torah itself. So I'm always I'm a coin, so whenever I get an aliyah, it always takes a bit more time to find exactly where to start. And Rashi tells us, why is it stuma? Why is it a parsha stuma? It's because, as, and it, this connects to what we were speaking about last week, as much as we know that the last 17 years of Yaakov Inu's life were gewalt and you know, it, was very, it was very good for him. It was very good for him. It was very, it was very good for his heart. And is someone trying to come in? <laughs> as much as, as much as the uh, these years of going down to Egypt were very good for him, the Indian was is that we we went into Galut. This is the beginning of going into Galut, of going into exile. And when you go into exile, so Nistam, things get shut down, things get clogged, things get closed, things become misunderstood and misinterpreted. And a lot of confusions and misunderstandings begin to take place. Uh, we see a great misunderstanding take place. And this explains to us a little bit what Galus mentality, Galut mentality is all about. Galut mentality is misunderstandings. I'm going to talk about this a little bit on Shabbos. Galut, ex, an exile mentality is that is, are assumptions that lead to misunderstandings. Where do we see one of the greatest assumptions which lead to a very potentially dangerous misunderstanding at the end of the parsha. Because after the brothers bury Yaakov Avinu and they come back, the Psukim tell us that the brothers think, okay, now that Abba's died, Yosef's going to take his revenge on us. He was just being nice. He kept on saying, is your father alive? Is your father alive? Because he didn't want to take his revenge on us while his father was alive. But now that he's gone, I'm going to be taken out. Some of the Mepharshim also say that Yosef... um, uh, thought like, okay, now that Abba's dead, the brothers are going to finish off what they started because they saw that my dreams came true. So now they're going to take me out. Now, where did the misunderstanding really take place? Because the Midrash tells us is that after Yaakov Avinu died and they came back to Egypt, no one sat at the head of the table anymore. Well, as long as, as Yaakov was alive, when Yaakov was still alive and the brothers were sitting and dining, who sat at the head of the table? Well, no, no, when the, when the, when it was just the brothers in Egypt. Yosef. Yosef doesn't go to the head of the table. Why doesn't Yosef go to the head of the table? Well, he heard the brachas that his father just gave. Who's supposed to sit at the head of the table now? Yehuda. So because, no, it wasn't spoken. That's the problem. No communication. So assumptions. So the tzaddikim say, this is what happens with a galut mentality. Assumptions and assumptions and assumptions which lead to misunderstandings which could potentially lead to milchemet olam, to world wars. But um, the tzaddik comes out. Yosef tzaddik says, no, are you kidding me? You think, you think this is what I would do? You think, I would fin- you think I'd, I'd really finish? I, I'd, I'd take out my revenge on you? Now, a few weeks ago we learned in shul that when he said that, he basically said, even if I wanted to take my revenge out on you, I couldn't do that because I'm so powerless in Galus, in Chutz Laretz. That's why Rashi helps us understand the situation there. Meaning like in Chutz Laretz, and Yaakov said the same words to Rachel when she complained about not, not becoming pregnant. He used the same language. What am I? Am I God that I could do this for you? Now, what it really meant over there also is like, when, where does that conversation take place? Outside the land as well. Rashi tells us also over there, in, in, in Galut, it's as if what he's trying to say is, I, I, we're, not, we're not so powerful, but what we're trying to understand for here is that this is the beginning of the Parsha and the end of the Parsha. It's stuma. Things get clogged, things get misunderstood, and when things are misunderstood, assumptions are made immediately. Right now I'm in the middle of a very heated conversation with a family member regarding Harabait. And it's such a weird thing, because Harabait should be the most geula concept that there is, nachon. But is Harabite redeemed? If it was redeemed, there'd be a, there, there wouldn't be a master, there'd be a Beit HaMikdash, and, and Kohanim and Levim would be doing what they're doing, and Israel would be what they're doing too. But because there is a state of galut on the place that really represents geula, there are most assumptions being made about people who hold in different shitot regarding Harabite, and therefore leading to just a completely unnecessary reservoir of negative emotions towards people that hold in different, different and opposing views. 
This is Parshat Vayechi. This is why the Parsha starts off in the middle of a pasuk, in the middle of a, of a line in the Torah. This is why it's a Parsha Stuma. Parsha Ptucha means that it's open. But Tzadok is going to take us to the heart, literally, the heart, not Stam using that as a nice way of saying something, but the heart of the Stuma, of what's going on over here. So look at this. Parsha Zostuma. Berabotenu zikholam elivracha natnu te'amim mipnei ma parasha zo stuma vekulam divrei emet and our tzaddikim chachamim zikholam elivracha chazal gave many different explanations as to why this parasha is stuma and he says vekulam divrei emet and everyone's saying the truth v'yesh lomar gam ken tam l'stimata now let's say let's also say something about this ki be'emet ha'inyan sheu yushlam yaakov b'kedushato does this make any sense? Yaakov Avinu, the Bechira Avot, he finishes off his life and he completes it in a pretty positive way in Mitzrayim and not in Eretz Yisrael. Does this make sense? <laughs> that the Knesset Israel, meaning Am Israel as being established as a nation, people that are ready to receive the Torah, they go through that transformation, Dafka and Chutzlaretz, and not in Eretz Israel. Bnei Akiva, how are you guys dealing with this, right? How does this work? How does this add up? This doesn't add up at all. V'sheyeh gmar habri'ah, gam ken and the end of the creation of the world, should be in this place now. What is he referring to? One of the words, one of the names of Sefer Bereshit is Sefer Habriah, the book of creation, because where God created the world, created people, created humanity, and he created, even though we really became an Am, like a real nation, in, in, later on in, in the beginning of Shemot, but as Knesset Israel, as the core nefashot of Am Israel, it happened right here. It happens here at the end of Sefer Bereshit. So we say the end of the Bria, so to speak, like the end of the first chapter, right? Happened also in, in, in this kind of, not just Galut, you know, mainly New Zealand, Mitzrayim, right? Egypt, that's where this is, where we know everything about Mitzrayim, Tuma, 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 like everything about Mitzrayim is Tuma, Tuma. So Dafka there, Hem Inyanin Stumim, Reb Tzadok says, these are matters that are Satum. That doesn't mean stupid, it means, Khalida, it means, you ever had a Stima, right? Clogged. It's closed. It's all... we, we, we don't understand this. And they are hidden from the seichel of a person to understand. You can give all the reasons in the world, but really, you can't really understand this because the, especially the things Reb Tzadok just brought up right now, they're, how do you understand such a thing? If we begin the part, the, 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 the whole thing of Avram Avinu is go to Eretz Yisrael, a journey of a person that goes, meets his creator in Eretz Yisrael. And the end of, this, of, his, of it is his, and his great-grandchildren make Yerida, and they leave Eretz Yisrael. Reb Tzadok says, you can give me any reason in the world, any, you know, but the Seichel, the mind, can't really logically wrap its head around it. Because on a mind level, on a seichel, on a logical level, this seems to be in a complete stira to the first, forget about the rest of Avinu's life, to the first movement of the first Jew that we're introduced to in the Torah. The movement is eastbound, to, right? Uh, westbound, right? From where he was. Actually, from where he was? South. Yeah. South. It's unclear. There's, there's, I saw so many different maps. But whatever bound it is, it's Eretz Yisrael bound, right? Homeward bound. <laughs> we'll stick with Paul Simon. But homeward bound, right? And then it seems like it's mamash, like, like homeless bound. It seems to be like this. So it says, Pasha Stoma. Don't you think this is like a question of like, why do we have Galus at all? It, it could fall under it, us. but I want to keep it directly to, to the Parsha context. But yeah, it falls into that, that, that bigger... Uh, but then there's an easy answer. What's the easy answer? Raising sparks, like we said last week. But here, Adafka, it's, he's Dafka touching upon the fact that 
it was good for him, Dafka, not in Eretz Yisrael. Like the Gemar of his life. That's the Stuma, right? Why would the Torah, like, what, what is this? What's going on over here? What's really happening? He says, that's Ne'elam V'satum V'seichel Ha'adam. But of course it could go under that category. And then we have just like, we have a nice Lubavitch answer of like, you know, B'yashliach, Ray Sparks, come back home one day. When? That's when it gets complicated, but hopefully Mashiach will come and he'll explain how, that, how it worked. V'ezrat Hashem. V'amru, next paragraph. And they say in the Midrash, why are there spaces between the parshias usually? Like, why is it usually that it's a parsha p'tucha? Like, when you start to lane a new parsha, it's like a new column. Why is it generally like this? What are these spaces between the parshias? Why were they placed there in the, originally? Like, the other, every other one. So, what does it mean over here? It's like, who would teach us the Torah? Really, who was the teacher of Am Yisrael, right? Moshe Rabbeinu was giving over the Torah. Now, Pseder, he taught it the way that he taught it. He first gave it over, Yeshua, Skanim. Pseder, we know about Masor and everything, but the initial was initially Moshe Rabbeinu was reading the Torah, and it gives us a revach. It gives us a breather. Nachon, Spas says, when you go into Gullus, you start to feel like you can't breathe anymore, and that is why there's no, there's no space any there, there anymore. So he says over here, Ma yu afsakot meshamshot liten revach lemoshe litbonen ben parasha leparasha. Let's give Moshe Rabbeinu some time now, some mindfulness, to like say, okay, let's look in between, let's breathe. Yalla, and then let's, let's go on. Vehaynu. She'ein seichel enoshi masig zot al pi binat alev. That it seems that the seichel enoshi can't grasp this even in, in our hearts, we can't understand what's going on over here. That's what it would seem. Why wouldn't you want to give Moshe Rabbeinu room to breathe over here, right? Velachen, bekan, en shum parasha, she'en kan makom tfisa, ech achar dichsi vayeshev Yisrael, vayech zuba she'alem achizah v'mitzrayim. And again, the, we can't understand, there's no grasping how there could be psukim in our parsha that says Vayeshev Yisrael. You know what Vayeshev Yisrael means? When was the last time the word Vayeshev came in the Torah? So it wasn't Yisrael. Who was it? Yaakov. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a second. But what do we know about the word Vayeshev? Rashi helps us very much over there. Shalva. It's a lashon of Bikesh Yaakov Leshev Beshalva. Serenity. Vayeshev is a dwelling, a calm dwelling. Right? Alavai on all of us here in Eretz Yisrael. A calm dwelling, right? This is what it says about Yaakov. This is what it says, Vayeshev Yisrael. Whenever Yaakov's name is used as Yisrael, it means even the higher state of Yaakov. Vayeshev Yisrael. Yisrael is calmly dwelling. Vayachzuba. That means they were like really holding. <laughs> Meaning they were really living in Egypt. They were holding on. They were really uh, grabbing. Le'echoz literally means to grab. They were grabbing onto Egypt. And it even says there they became fruitful and multiplied also in Egypt. It seems that there they became the Ikar of what's considered to be Knesset Yisrael, like Am Yisrael. So he's continuing to harp on, these, on, the, on the wondering of how could this be? And it even says, and Yaakov lived. This was the real Iker of Yaakov's life. So he's, he's harping on this again. He's saying, and we do not understand this at all whatsoever. But we do understand that Yaakov Avinu's real life, feeling like he's really alive, is very interesting. He brings a deep insight here, but we have to read in between the words of what he's saying. He said Yaakov Avinu became really alive during these 17 years. What was happening there during those 17 years? What, he just had, he had nachas that his, his, his children weren't fighting anymore? Is that why he had 17 years of simcha? What, what made those 17 years the Ikar Chaim of Yaakov Avinu? Now you could say that, I would actually think that that's a, 
For any parent in the room, if you see, you have one afternoon where all your kids actually get along and bring each other tea and tuck each other into bed. And, right? That would be Ikar Chaim. No, no, that would be, no? no? Has anyone, no, don't raise your hands, but it's like, you know, to experience that even for 20 seconds is like a, talk about breathers, nachas, v'chuleh. So if we said that, that could be. But I think that what he said here is something different. He said the Ikar Chaim of Yaakov Avinu wasn't just that his kids got along, but that they were that they were starting to grow. And the family started becoming bigger, and there was a bigger picture of not just the Avinu family, right? The Yaakov Avinu family, but rather there's a whole bigger picture of Knesset Yisrael. The assembly of Am Yisrael. Like the bigger picture, the big Mishpacha. And, you know, I bless us all to be at our great-grandchildren's weddings. I, apparently, you know, when people do that, when people are privileged to be there, and they could, they could see already even, even their grandchildren's wedding, right? You see this shlemut of, of a picture. And Yaakov Avinu was tasting now sabahud, zaidihud, in a manner that he could, uh, you know, he sees Ephraim and Menashe, and, 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 and not just Ephraim and Menashe, he sees all the Shvatim's children, and, and they're getting it together. Now, this is based on, on something we say every single morning, and we, we brought this down in Parashas told us. Um, it says, When Torah is in your mouth, in your child's mouth, and in your grandchild's mouth, meaning that there's three generations of people that are sitting and learning Torah, that means it's Kayam La'ad. Then you have like a Maftacha that it's going to be there forever. We said this in Parshas told us, because in Parshas told us, the first, I think it was three psukim, are the only three psukim in the Torah, that these three generations are alive, that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov are all alive at the same time. So some of the tzaddikim would, at Parshas told us, they would say Torah, they'd have their children say Torah, and they'd even have a grand, an anical say Torah at the tish, to Mekayim, that Indian. You know, the Yismach Moshe used to do this. From, from you know, the whole line of Satmar comes with Ismach Moshe, he would do this, and others, I'm sure, would do this as well. So I think what the what Reb Tzodok is saying over here, if we also want to attempt to understand this, how you could say that, the, that such good things about the end of Yaakov Avinu's life is because, okay, it wasn't in Eretz Yisrael, but it, at least we saw, he saw, so he was witnessing three generations. So apropos, we're learning on your Bubby's Yerzeit today. So this is a this is a beautiful this is a beautiful concept that we have over here. But it's still hard for the mind to really wrap its wrap, wrap itself around because wouldn't that be more much more beautiful if that happened in Eretz Yisrael? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't that be more accurate if that was our story that this was happening in Eretz Yisrael? Yaakov Avram Avinu has it for three psukim. Lo lo yoter. Doesn't he deserve more than that? Avram Avinu? Three psukim of Nachas? And, and please, one generation beneath him, it was only 50% Nachas, and then the next generation also was 50% Nachas, right? So he's dealing on a 25% Nachas ratio here of lineage. They don't deserve more. What's going on over here, the story of going into Galut? It's still Satum. Valken. Lo itchaz. Yeah. Why did he? He'd take them on as his children. When he got ready to bless them, why did he, get, why did he say, now you're my children? It's a very, very beautiful Shaila. One of the ways we understand it uh-huh. was... <laughs> so some say that he was showing his brother, he was showing the sons, mm-hmm. he was trying to leave a tzava, he was trying to leave a will, and a testimony says, you see these two? This is, this is what it should be like. Because they, they, the, what, the, what the Midrashim tells us about Menashe and Ephraim, being in such shlemus with each other and each other's chilek, that when Yaakov Avinu went like this, you don't see Menashe freaking out, right? You don't see, there's no jealousy happening over there. Ephraim is just like, we're macabre, whatever is going to be. So he wanted to position them as like, listen, this is what really it's supposed to be about. So he's giving them a little bit of a... You know, but it's a, it's a good shayla. Balken, lo itchazi la'afrasha. So there's no reason here to make a hefsek. Meaning, there's no real space here to start thinking too much, because if you start thinking too much about all the questions that we just raised right now, 
you may end up with a very, very convincing logic that Eretz Yisrael was a cute, sweet thing, but it's not really realistic for us. Maybe one day. So it'll take you to a place that's very, very bad. Okay? There's no room to breathe here. There's no room to think too much because you'll come to bad conclusions. Aval. Acharkach. Baparsha. Vayikra Yaakov. But then in the middle of the parsha, suddenly it opens up. Suddenly there's like a parsha within a parsha where it's a parsha ptucha. And where is that? That's in the middle, of, right later in the parsha. Vayikra Yaakov. A few psukim later. Yaakov Avinu summons in his children. He reveals to them that they're going to have end of days. This is a diuk in the Lasha. He's not saying what the end of days are. He's revealing to them, I know right now we feel like there's going to be no end of days. This is just what is. It is what it is. Galus is what it is. There's no room to breathe. And this is how it's going to be. Even if life is very easy and Amazon Prime is the way that we, you know, mamash, like, I, I, it's amazing. I, I think about these things so clearly now. Like, even though it's very, it, it's comfortable, but it doesn't feel like there's any, no one lives with, like, oros, gdolim, and gullus about, like, and it's going to be like this here one day, and this here one day. That's only, the land of dreaming is here. Even though the land of comfort may be there, so to speak, but the land of dreaming and thinking there's going to be something bigger one day, this, Yaakov Avinu, suddenly starts to talk about that. And when he starts to talk about that, now the parsha becomes ptucha. Then you'll see, in the, if you look at the Torah scroll, at the actual klaf, then it's like it starts anew. And it's like a parsha ptucha. Because now there's room to breathe. Now there's room to think deeper. Now there's room to get a hold of what, what the whole point is all about. Yaakov be'atzmo yada shemigalut mitzrayim ikara yeshua utzmichat Knesset Yisrael. So Yaakov Inu knew that from Egypt would come the Iker salvation and the growth of what became, what was becoming Knesset Yisrael. Vesatam mimenu kol tsarot sheba'olam. So the Reb Tzadok says, the word satum, that it's clogged, here is in a positive way. It means all the pain that Gullus would bring upon any Jew became nistam mimenu. It became clogged from him. Zatomeret. You hear how deep this is? From the Jew? From him, from Yaakov Avinu. From Yaakov Avinu himself. So the concept of stuma, parasha stuma, meant the Yaakov Avinu, for him there was no Mitzrayim. It was all an illusion. It had to be there, that's how Hashem wanted it. But the Mitzrayim, the way that Norway would look at it, it's like, that's not... That, that's not Lonagalo bichlal, satami menu. Nachon. He sees. He sees. This is part of the program. This is part of Knesset Yisrael. This is going to be Kabbalah Satora. We're going to get into Yerushalayim. We're going to come to Eretz Yisrael. Satami So all the things that come in the way of saying you're here forever. Satami menu. And when he has this consciousness, parsha ptucha. Then the parsha begins, and it's a new paragraph. And it seems like it's a new, it's a new chapter. It's like in our own lives when we um, look back and we say like, oh, now I understand why I had to go through that. So then... That becomes patuach. Yeah, yeah. We're in the third line in this paragraph. Even though he knew it was all good, there's still no room here to start to look deep into this. What Reb Tzadok says here, what was taken from him? The ability, it seems, now I would never say such a thing, it's not my perush, it's just the, I think the pshat of Reb Tzadok is saying, what was satum from him was the ability to give over to his children how he was experiencing that moment at that moment. That moment of exactly what we described of not of being completely that all the tsarot and the pain would be concealed would be removed from him feeling it because he saw the bigger picture of eventually we're going to be coming home and from here this is how things had to happen but how to live that in the in the moment 
was not something that he was able to necessarily shine into the heart of every individual. That wasn't the avoda, it seems. Yeah. It seems like the only person he could share with is Yosef. And also it seems like this is like the foundation of the secret. Huh. <laughs> Meaning? Meaning like consciousness, manifestation, awareness. Very deep. Up, that like this is where Yaakov was like, oh, aha. Uh-huh. Right. Wait a minute. So, the rest is just an illusion. It seems like that. And the truth is that when, when the Torah says a few parashiot ago when he has the kids and it says... In Parshat Vayeshev, Yisrael, meaning Yaakov, Ahav et Yosef mikol banav, kiven zekonim that he loved him more than anyone. That's in Chassidus, they say it's that he, when he was teaching Torah, he was teaching it to everyone, but he saw that the only one that got his wavelength of how he learned Shem Ve'ever Torah, the Torah of Shem Ve'ever, was Yosef. So it's true, it makes sense. It seems that, wait a second, Reb Sadek, it should be, let's, let's put in one person here. There's one person that could connect to what you're saying, and that was Yosef. Now, what do you think? Do you think it went into Yosef? No, he also could have been like so tied up in Mitzrayim and what's happening with his brothers and his fears that this was his son. It could be. Or he totally saw it. Or he totally saw it. Now, <laughs> I thought you meant, when you said the secret, I thought you, I thought you meant something else. This shows how, how your consciousness is so connected to your subconsciousness. <laughs> it's something deeper, because what do we know about the Geula from Mitzrayim? Do you remember this? What, 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 what role does Yosef play with the Geula of Mitzrayim? Of his bones. Were they bones? One thing, that's the, bones are one thing, but what else? It's a language of Geula. Pakod pakadati etchem. It's too much to go into it right now, but what basically... That was the language of the Redeemer. The language of the Redeemer is a double language of salvation. Where does that language come from? That comes from Yosef Atzadik when he swears them with the bones that they should take up his, his body. Anyway, I, to, to, it's too much for now, but, for, but I do think that he actually did get it. Maybe Yaakov thought, look, I can't, I just have to think about the nevuah, the brachas right now. I don't know who's getting what right now. I'm just going to put my brachas into them, right? But it seems that Yosef actually did get it. But maybe so, he got it because of his own experience. Could be. He can't give it to somebody else. They have to come to their own. Could be. He lived another 54 years after Yaakov uh, died. So, you know. And it's funny, we don't know anything about those years. He lived another 54 years, I think. I think that's what it is. Ayn hey. Ayn Dalit Shanim. Sorry, Nun Dalit. The Nishama level of them. That they make it consciously. Well, this is, this is an important diuk, what you're saying, Lai, because usually the way we understand the pshat of the psukim is Yaakov Avinu wanted to reveal to them exactly how Mashiach is going to come, and then the Shekhinah left him. Reb Tzadok is saying, he's revealing to them there's something called Mashiach. There's, there's, that, that the Galut isn't the end game. And that's more, for the way Reb Tzadok sees it, that's more important than telling them exactly how each piece of the puzzle is going to be. It's telling them that it's not even going to be like this forever. And that's the chidush here that Reb Tzadok is sharing with us. So don't get, he's saying, don't worry about so much like, did the Shekhinah leave him or not? And if it, if it didn't leave him, would he explain in great detail what every single piece of the Geula would look like? He's saying, they're in Gullus. When you're in Gullus, even if you're comfortable, life is good, you don't live a life thinking that there's anything else. It could just be comfortable forever and you'd be fine. Like, you know, I, I, it's very hard for when people talk down about, um, you know, how bad it is to, to, to live outside of Israel. I mean, in, in, the, in the context of, it's so bad, look at life there. Look at life there? Do you, who's here? Who's come here in the last year or two? Who's been here last year? Yeah. How, how uncomfortable was it in, in, in living in Galit? No, we have to call it what it is. I was there for a few hours. My neshama was suffocating, but my body was fine. <laughs> my body was fine. And the Hanukkah gifts that I was able to bring home to my family were fine. It was great. That's not the Indian. The thing is that you can get into the rhythm of comfort. And it could be vayechi. It could be vayechi. But Yaakov Avinu, in his vayechi life, is also saying, but wait a second. There's something that's called acharit hayamim. Your mind can't grasp this. 
But Yaakov Avinu wasn't trying to get to the mind, he was trying to get to the heart. So now look what Reb Tzaddik says. Vehainu, third to bottom paragraph. Vehainu, she'afshu adayin ba'avodah kasha, ve'ikar ha'inyan ne'elam ve'lo nitan litbonen bo echu le'tovah. Yaakov Avinu is saying that even though you're in the midst of, of work and, and they thought they were working already then, ooh, did they know what was waiting for them in terms of work and labor? And the ikar is, is, is concealed from you, meaning the ikar of how you're going to get out of here is concealed from you. Mikol makom nonetheless, balev margish naicha, sheyodea sheakol etova. Reb Tzadok is saying, what Yaakovin was trying to establish is a relationship that, that we didn't necessarily have to develop yet. And that is what you were saying, basically, in different words, a relationship with the naicha of the heart, the, the calm dwelling of the heart. I mean, Viktor Frankl took this and wrote, his whole world is based on this concept. Um, he, he doesn't speak so much about the heart, he's speaking more about the mindset, but it's the same, it's the same direction over here. What Reb Tzadok is saying, now again, I know this is very different than what we usually learn. He's really making us work, Reb Tzadok. That's what I love about this, these teachings. I'm shocked anyone's still coming to this shirim, to tell you the truth. Um, is that he's, he's saying to us, Yaakov Avinu is, is now realizing, okay, so to make it in Golas, how do you do this? You have to figure out a way for your heart to be benaycha. Because if not, you're done. The mind will take you to a place of such shiabud and will drive you so crazy and your mind can convince you of all the emesis in the world, and it won't be close to anything, and you'll end up living in a, like a crazy person. But if you can create a situation where the heart, to be benaycha, Golis has nothing on you, and you'll get um, calm, benoach. Knowing that there is an end of days. So here, here's the machloket. Do I have to know how it's going to be, or is it enough that I know that it will be? Mashiach, Mashiach. Is it enough? Yeah, sorry, it's good you said that. End of days, meaning Geula. So what do you think? Is it, so sometimes, it's an interesting diuk. Yantas need to know every detail. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it. The more not peaceful it is. So it's almost better that we just know that it's, right, it's got to right. be peaceful than the details. I mean, the details... To, to a certain extent, yeah, yeah. So maybe it was meant to be like that. That what? That, that we don't know the details. That we don't know. Well, of course it was meant to be like that because that's what happened, right? I mean, that's... I mean, the Rambam... Right, right. It was for the best. But, but, he, but he's giving us a lot of chizik here. He's saying, listen, in Golas, you're going you're gonna to think you have to know every detail about everything. It won't lead you to anywhere. It'll make you crazy. Mashiach, the whole thing of Geula, is that just know that it will be. Now, at that time, that was what Rabbi Tzadok is saying over here, so what Yaakov Avinu realized, what's nistalak mimeni? Details are nistalak mimeni. Then the revelation, the details are now being satum from me. But the concept itself, that it will be, wasn't nistam from him. And that's what he gave over to that initial generation. Today you have people from very sweet people. You can see where I'm going with this. Very nice people who I know they mean well. But when, and, and this is something that I've said many times, it's the only thing that I'm saying, like, very harif, clear manner, and I've told this to anyone that's ever wanted to learn or teach Torah here. Anyone that speaks about the redemption as not being a, a real part of, what's going, of what we're aiming towards, they have no chilek at all. They, I don't want them close to step foot in here. Mitzad being mashpim. If they want to come because they want to do tshuva, open their heart, great, come. Like, we're waiting for you. 50 million hugs. But can you believe there actually are people that consider themselves to be part of, you know, believing Yiddishkeit and Torah that this part of acharit hayamim, that it'll happen or not, is completely irrelevant to their Yiddishkeit. Not only is it completely irrelevant, they don't believe in it. <laughs> you said it better than me. <laughs> This is dangerous stuff. Dangerous, dangerous stuff. This is what Yaakov Avinu was so nervous about. So he had to make sure every Yid would know there is a thing that's called Mashiach. There is a thing called Acharit Yamim. There are things that are satum from it. But what's the Indian here? 
the, this Indian here is you need to be in touch with your heart in order to be in touch with how Yaakov Avinu was talking about the end of days. Because the mind will mess you up. If it's just the mind, it will mess you up. We know this already, not from him. Where do we know this from? Come on. But he's, no, but like, what, what are the origins of what I just said right now? It's Hadat, right? It's Achaim, tree of life, tree of knowledge. It's not about, it's not about God forbid, not trying to become more, more knowledgeable. But it's about cr- trying to become more knowledgeable in order to access more and more of your heart and the union between the two. So Yaakov Avinu is saying, in Golis, which until Mashiach comes, even though there's trickling of Geula coming down, we still we need to really access our heart to hold on to the fact that there is a thing called Acharis Hayamim, the end of days, just to believe in it. Just to believe in it. You know, uh, I once came to, I was, had a very, very special Tomech, a Tomech, a, a, say Tomech, like a, a, a therapist, but like someone I would, I would speak to and receive, not a Rav, but it's, it's, what's that? Yeah, I'd say Mashpia. A mentor. A mentor, yeah. A, a really special mentor, like a, a spiritual life coach for a little tkufa before I was married. So there were certain things in my ekronot of Yiddishkeit that I was like, wait a second, I'm starting to think about things a little bit differently now. And one of the main things that was driving me crazy more than anything was that I feel fake when I say certain, about certain things. I need shlema. And it was bothering me. Like the authentic me wanted to not say that because until it was Emuna Shlema. So this person said to me, he's Nifter. He's a very sweet man. And he said to me a story like this, that someone came to the Chernobyl Rebbe and he had the same exact Shaila. He said, I can't daven anymore. He said, why? He said, well, when you open up you know, the, the 13 attributes of faith, I, I, don't, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm not there. I don't want to be fake. So the Rebbe said, and I think it was Rebbe Nachum Nachum Chernobler, he's the Maori Naim, he said to him, let me ask you a question. The Siddur is a book of statements or is it a book of prayer? He said, it's a book of prayer. He says, so when you say, Ani mami shlema, when a Jew says that, he's davening to be mamin bemuna shlema. He's davening for it. Right? It saved my life. <laughs> it saved my davening. All the things, right? So when you hear Davin's like that, it's 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 alavai. Where do we get this from? This is this is heart stuff. It's not mind stuff. This is what Yaakov Avinu was placing in us in this parsha, where the mind stuff lehit bonen is satum, it's galut. But this is now he's saying, ah, and it's the way Hashem designed it, now en malasot, you got to become heartsig. <laughs> you got to become heart eden. There's no other way. You'll end up, you won't make it in galut. And eventually it'll, it'll take you, eventually you'll be done. Eventually you'll just say, this doesn't add up. I need a place where I could logically understand how this adds up. And then you'll go to places that logically make sense to you. Why so-and-so happens. And that's, that's not our story. Never was and never will be. You know, yesterday, it's an amazing thing. I had such a pride, mamish pride moment. I don't know if you saw this video, but the new minister, like when they, when, when, when once in a while nice things happen, you have to mention it too, right? When the minister of uh, Sarah Bitachon is a yid named um, Yoav Galant, okay? So he's the new, I think he's the new Sarah Bitachon, right? Sarah Bitachon. Yoav Galant he's not a, 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 what would we call an Orthodox Yid, but he said to me that when you look at, uh, he said that to me, he said, I, on the video, he was, I felt like he was talking mamish to me. Oh my God, I feel like he was talking to me. I was shaking. I, I'll send it out. On this video in the Knesset, he says, look, I'm not an Adam, you see, I'm not an Adam that's practicing, but, and he was, he was Alus Pikud, he was like the head, one of the heads in the army, for many years, he gave his life, his life for Eretz Yisrael, for Am Yisrael. And he said, yeah, I know that I don't, you know, I don't live a life the way that my great-grandparents did. But it, there is no way that what's been driving me all, this, all these years 
is not because I'm fighting B'Shem Hashem. He said, Shem Hashem, Mefurash, Elokei Tzvaot. Tzvakot. I'll send you the video. He's like, because otherwise, I would have come to a different maskana. <laughs> so, meaning, so who's, meaning, and it, so at that moment, why, why was it so important for me? Because I thought this guy was all, I know I've been following him for years, okay? I grew up here, my many politics is like, it was like Wheaties growing up. It was like what I ate. You know, this is like the way we was growing up here. And then I heard heart from this guy. I was like, oh my God. Like, all my, like I'm still, still chalishing to hear a little bit of real heart from, you know, our prime minister. Like, and, and you could feel it, right? I heard him once say Bezat Hashem. What's that? I once heard him say Bezat Hashem. <laughs> right. It's before Pchirot, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Judaism that doesn't have this Mashiach consciousness. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very sad and scary. Took a lot of my pepper from the states, and so I have to be careful to not. I don't know. Not to put a judgment on this, on them. Uh, I'm, I'm just a little uncomfortable with just um, how we're leaving that conversation, so that I. Your heart is so big, I'm not asking. No, it's real. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no, it's zero. It's zero. It's zero judgment. It's it's an infinite world of Rahmanas and compassion, but it's not not something that I will ever, 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 ever be apologetic over. I think it's just ever. I think it's just a thing of words. I think that's just how it leads. No, 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 no. It's not. I, I know. I know what she's talking about. I know what she's talking about. But I'm stopping it here because this is what happens when we talk about these things. We'll talk about it one on one. No, no, no. I, I want to say something just because this is where I have to have Gvura. I actually know exactly who she's talking about because they're my friends too. It's, the, it's a world that no one here has any connection to. And I'm very close to them, actually. Baruch Hashem. So therefore, we're going to finish the paragraph now. Umasher ha'inyan, second to bottom paragraph. Umasher ha'inyan amok me'od she'en b'sechel adam litbonen lezot. Now again, since this whole parsha is so deep, it's it's stuma, in, in order to again lihit bonen, lihit bonen means introspection. Lijdei introspect, he's boninus. I can I can stop and think about things until they become benaicha, in my mind. He's saying, Galus doesn't have that, unless you do it through the heart. That our heart shouldn't melt away. That's what this whole tefillah is over here. That we are what seems to be, Reb Tzadok is saying this, this is before World War II, that this must be ikvesa de Meshicha. In every generation, but what ends up happening we look at where we are, we look at previous generations, and we're wondering, how could it be that this is considered to be closer to the Geula? Look at people that were so much more devoted and believed, so much stronger than we do about basic, essential, basic concepts in Yiddishkeit. We see our, our, how our avot and imahot were acting in Galut, v'daika bagalut, how could it be? Like, we look at where they were, we see Am Yisrael becoming Am Yisrael, holding on to the Yiddishkeit no matter what. Now, even though I know we were, we were, we were also reaching a place of absolute Tumen, that's why Hashem redeemed us from there. But the mysterious Nefesh that we hear about how people lived in Galut. Back then, the fact that anyone still believed in God after Jewish mothers had their babies ripped away from them and be placed either to be a brick as a pyramid or be thrown into the Nile and still believe that Hashem loves you is the emunah of the heart. It's not the seichel enoshi. It's satum. It doesn't make any sense. So Reb Tzodek is saying, if that's what it was like back then, Look at us today. We, 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 we freak out from when one thing doesn't add up for us and we have a whole uh, faith crisis. So look what, he said. look what he says here. He ends the last line. He's quoting the Yehudi HaKadosh, the Reb Simcha Bonim. 
just to give context here, Reb Tzadok is the student of the Me'a Shiloch. The Me'a Shiloch was a student of Reb Chabon and the Kotzker, but really they were both by Reb Chabon and he ends off with the Nechama. He's saying, I know this is like hard stuff to imagine that we could still be holding on. Who do we think we are that we could live like this? V'shamati mitkatnim It's true. It's smaller neshamas, right? On the level of like refined, uh, uh, bright light of emuna. Mikol makom but this nekuda that we're speaking about, that's, that's completely satum from the mind. And I'll go back to you, Mata Esther, is that even though it's true, that I know that they consciously don't believe that this is part of Yiddishkeit, I don't, I, uh, and I'll connect to what you're saying, I actually believe that in the deepest place of their hearts, it actually is becoming more and more and more refined. And our tafkid is simply to connect us to this nekuda that knows, that knows the emet, and that is connected to the emet, and that is purified by this emes. And this is this is the this is the the send off. This is the Yaakov Avinu send off into Galus of saying, okay, you got these brachas, you got this concept called there'll be a thing called Acharis Sayamim. You also understand that in Galus everything is satum, things are clogged. You're gonna try to make sense of things. It's not gonna work for you. And that's eventually how you're going to come back home. Through what? This inner nekuda inside that Absim Chabunim says that it's true that on the outside it looks like we're all going to the dogs. But on the inside, we're only going one place to the Beis HaMikdash. We're only going to one place. This is the story of how you go into Galut, but it's also the story of how you get out of Galut. And we're definitely on our way to the out of Galut, yeah. Is this the first time in the world that there's a reference to Mashiach? It depends who you ask. <laughs> no, the Midrash, the Midrash is already in the Bria Saolam. Mashiach in every single passage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. No, but the classic one is the Ruach, that the spirit of Mashiach, the Midrash says, that Ruach is a Ruach shall Melech Mashiach. It's already there in the creation. Yeah, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that you said they have the brachas, and these brachas are so dense, like they're impossible to understand. So, <laughs> like, that's right. Like, meaning you, you can't, you have to be, it's almost like the Torah is like giving us a, you see, you don't understand. It. Right. You, you have to just go with it, with your heart. Like, trust it, but, but, but trust that. There's something there. Tr- and that it's getting, but at the end, and that it's getting more and more purified in every generation as well. To get out of Galut on every level, even forget about anyone that's not in Eretz Yisrael. Us that are here, forget about everyone else for just 25 seconds. Then we'll go back to everyone else. But for now, just us that are here to believe in this that's becoming more and more pure every year, that's connected through the bracha that Yaakov Avinu left us this Shabbos. That the Ruach of Melech HaMashiach should come and redeem the whole world. All right, Shekoyach.